Welcome to the third episode of the Safing Podcast. We are a company on a mission to enable online citizens to withstand today's mass surveillance so everybody can reclaim their privacy and enjoy cyber freedom. It's a podcast where you can take part of this venture and we are more hands-on uh, so you can get a glimpse of what happens behind the scenes. In today's episode, we won't take you too much behind the scenes uh, company-wise, but we will talk about the privacy journey of Rafti. So the privacy journey will be a series as well. Uh, so each person from Safing probably can talk about their privacy, uh, personal privacy journey. So you're my dummy today. Uh, <laughs> we'll be covering how did you get into privacy? Uh, why does privacy matter to you? We'll talk about your privacy setup and also about recent findings and future plans. So welcome, my dummy Rafti. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings. <laughs> Hello, good to be here. Yeah, it's it's nice again. It um, so I guess we, we'll just jump right into it. So how did you personally get into privacy? That's just that's a I, hard entrance into I, the it whole is, topic. It is, it is very. <laughs> but okay, let, let's start at which which time did you recognize that privacy is a topic and mm. a need? Like, how far back is that? I mean, it's a it's maybe that's a good topic to start. Well, the thing is, it's I think in, it comes in multiple stages. Mm -hmm. So for one thing, and I talked to my mother quite recently about this sort of stuff. It's like so many um, projects, I would say, try to raise awareness about, oh, so much data is collected about you. And that's good to start with, but that's not where you're like, well, I need more privacy for myself. You need to get to the second step. So they have all that data, but how does it impact me in everyday life? And I think a lot of people still have struggled I struggle to to understand that. What what projects are you talking about? Well, so my I recently, I think two or three weeks ago, I read an article in the New York Times, mm -hmm. and it was about whoa, well, I was tracking my I was tracking my trackers that were tracking me. <laughs> so so looking at what data others are trying to gather from me and what they what they look at and how much they can get and so he was just showing oh so much data is being collected and my first question after reading all of this was and why should I bother what is what is the next what are they doing with the data yeah they're collecting it but why bother yeah and so for me the whole privacy journey started when I realized why I should bother? What, what is changing? What is happening? And I think one of the first incidences was, and this might not, I have to disclaim this, this might not have been a privacy related thing. I talked to people about this and they were like, no, this doesn't have to do anything with privacy and with data being collected. But I think in my last grade, like when I was uh, probably 19, maybe, mm, not sure. Um, a friend of mine, wanted to well now i'm disclosing my age wanted to buy the playstation 3 i think via amazon maybe it was a little younger not sure and so 
back then he wasn't able to buy the and we were at the same age but he wasn't able to order it through amazon but i was and so he asked me could you order it for me because they aren't allowing me to order it and i'm like whoa what's happening here why can't you you're the same age as i am we live basically in the same street so he was living opposite from me what do they why don't you why can't you ship it to you why can't you order it and i'm like okay this has a real impact there is some information that they have about him and some information that they have about me that allows me to purchase an item and him not and so so you it was like the first instance where you recognized the power of data yeah the the influence data has on everyday life yeah (laughs) they're directing what you can buy what the what they think you can afford what they think you should have and like pushing you into certain directions and it's it's fun because you, you talked about how old you were but without knowing how far back that is you didn't disclose your data uh, your, your <laughs> age but i guess we should pick up like how, how far back is was that not sure I think like it's PlayStation 3. We have the 4 now out for four years, I think. So probably I was 19, probably about that age. So 10-ish years ago, almost. Yeah, almost. (laughs) See? (laughs) Okay, so, but you you said that, I I guess it's, it's a good point to say it's a multiple step process yeah so that was 10 years ago like you you noticed hey data is impacting the life of me and my friend Mm -hmm. and i'm able to buy this playstation while he is somehow forbidden to do that but what what was the next step then Mm -hmm. so maybe it's when you start thinking about okay how do i look at the internet so this started this whole thought process of okay Uh, the internet is being orchestrated by other people and they orchestrated individually uh, based on data. I'm not sure if orchestrated is the right word there, but it's like they are like, um, they have a plan or they have a concept of what you are supposed to do and see. They have their agenda. Yeah, they have their agenda. That's great, but they have like, um, yeah, Maybe that's the right word. So, and when you when you start seeing the impact with such a prominent thing like ordering a product, um, you start wondering where else do I see stuff that others don't, and uh, vice versa. What do I don't see? And when you start thinking about okay, when have I last visited a website or tried to gain information? by myself without going through a gatekeeper like Google yeah when have I last looked and this is the whole thought process like in Europe Google is basically the only search engine that you use and when I try to find a website I usually just type it into a search engine hit enter and then click the first thing that appears that's basically how you surf the internet nowadays it's you don't know the URL for the web page you're visiting you know how the web page is called and you think, well, Google will find lead you the way. But that's the another thing that is like um, that the thought that 
that basically gives Google, um, yeah, so power. much power over what I see. Yeah, power is the right word. So much like influence. And I base my decisions, I base my worldview on what I read. On, and most of it I read on the internet. I started uh, resubscribing to a newspaper quite recently just so that I have an analog way of getting my news as well and not being that much like... So it's really struck to the core, I guess, because these thought processes, they, they go pretty deep. Mm -hmm. Like you understood how information you consume, how a gatekeeper was in front of, like between you and the information. Mm -hmm. And then you started questioning if this is a good thing or not. So I guess that is a very, very good start uh, because like based on that, you can view things from a new angle mm -hmm. and then you are more suspicious, you're more cautious mm -hmm. and yeah, you start looking for those gatekeepers. Exactly. So you were recognizing these gatekeepers. And do you do you remember the first steps you took to circumvent a gatekeeper? <laughs> circumvent the gatekeeper. Well, I think for me, partly, it was switching my mobile OS. So I, back then, I was an Android. And I already rooted my Android phones. But for the in the beginning, I only wanted more features, and I just and the thrill of it. Like I was an Android user right from the beginning. I remember the update from Android B to Cupcake, and how that sort of changed the whole OS and partially and stuff. So, uh, and back then, Android was still very limited and you couldn't do things that way so i always rooted my phones and were like changing stuff yeah, but you were, you were an early adapter yeah. adopter <laughs> yeah yeah that's right uh, and uh, i'm still no i'm not that much anymore but <laughs> uh, i switched to ios later but the yeah right around that time the first thoughts i had was well most of the things I do and I look at when I want to quickly get like get information and want to assess my point of view. So as I said, I believe that the the most important thing to realize for me was the whole like basically the whole person I am is based on the information I collected. And when this information is pre-filtered by someone else, this changes who I will be in the future. So realizing that uh, dictated, well, so I, when I, when do I make my most, like the most often uh, look up for some directional like information. Um, yeah. And that's, that's on your phone. If you want to like that dig deep into something and you want to really research something, then you're probably looking at a computer maybe going to a library but I, like <laughs> it has been quite a lot of years since i have last been into a library and actually looking at books i i honestly i like to study in libraries as well so it's yeah it's i have been to libraries it's a, it's a, but, it's a different <laughs> being in a library and researching at a library that, like, okay yeah. yeah good distinction yeah, yeah. i've been in libraries but i didn't research 
in the library. So that's that's basically it. So I think the first thing was changing my my under like underlying OS, looking for more privacy respecting Android um, versions, where Google isn't the default for everything. But I still was very much invested into a lot of Google services. So I quit Gmail a couple of years later because Gmail was pretty easy to use and I didn't want to pay money for my email service. I think this is one of the the greatest advantages that Google have. It's (laughs) free-ish. Yeah, if if somebody isn't used to paying for services, it makes it it so much harder getting friends to a paid service than to a free service because nowadays people are so used to and they are so addicted to free services and yeah it's it's that is a process as well paying for your first service yeah when you when you say something like that i'm always reminded of those chain whatsapp messages i i quit whatsapp quite a while ago but like before i quit i almost every month got a chain message where it's like oh no you need to resend this message to five other people or whatsapp will start charging you money and i'm like well not their business model (laughs) (laughs) exactly not their business model and would it be that bad if they would respect if they would start respecting actually my privacy and changing their business model that would maybe be a good thing yeah but they will not in, in facebook theory, yeah <laughs> exactly they would we should have done that before selling out to facebook which is like the, the antagonist <laughs> for many people yeah. and they, they they mess up privacy issues all the time it's it's pretty crazy that's true that's true so Maybe if I just keep continuing. Yeah. At one point, I I was always still using Android and still using Google services. I know there are people now out there that are like, oh, well, let's, let's ditch Google services as well. But this comes with so many drawbacks and so many like things I cannot go without, like push notifications. But that's a big one. <laughs> but And so I started uh, switching to iOS because... Um, back then iOS and I think it still is one of the more secure devices so if you lose your device getting into the information on your device is harder and honestly I just trust Apple more than Google I mean choose your poison there I would like to have a third option like I used Windows Mobile for a time and I tried to use it Um, but that's not an option anymore. Symbian is long dead. For those of you who can't remember, that's the Nokia operating system for their quote-unquote smartphones. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's really a tough situation regarding the smartphones. It's choosing your poison because Librem they shipped uh, their first phones. I think this were last month. But it will take some time until they and until like everyday people could buy them. And I think you would have to, if you want to buy one now, you would have to wait a full year. It's the the mobile phone is such a tough one. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Yeah. We we. This is a topic. I think we will stay on a little longer. Just wanted to mention. I even looked at BlackBerry back then. So I even thought maybe, yeah, so I realized Android isn't where I want to be. And I tried Windows Phone and I thought maybe BlackBerry is the solution. 
they are privacy respecting. They are like a business thing. And I'm like, okay, are so they? not they anymore. They? No, they were. They were. Blackberry Messenger was one of the first truly end-to-end encrypted messengers before iMessage, I think. Oh, wow. So Blackberry Messenger. Yeah, and this was a huge thing when they opened it up, but it was way too late because everyone was already locked into iMessage or didn't bother. So yeah. <laughs> Blackberry Messenger, rest in peace. <laughs> well, I guess Blackberry as a whole. I yeah, have, I don't know if they still exist. They do. They do. They they release phones every year, but they're like now on Android as well, and they claim that they have their own privacy whatever thing on top of it. But as I said, like from a push notification point of view, they're still using Google services, and I'm not sure how Libram is um, approaching this solution or if every service is pulling the data itself this is very battery consuming so yeah not sure how they are notification like. is a big thing on android on rooted android devices yeah yeah but let's let's go back to your journey so i switched to ios <laughs> yeah you, you switched to ios that was the first step and that was like like 10 years ago around 10 years ago you noticed the impact of who is the gatekeeper and then you switch your OS and now you're at a point where you're investing your full time uh, at a company, at a privacy oriented company. So how did the journey continue until you got to the point where you said, hey, I want to join Safer? <laughs> well, okay, maybe just a, a step before. I don't think it's everyone uh, who is interested in privacy is going to start or work at a privacy-oriented company. That's true, yeah. So, but it shows I mean, dedication. It shows dedication, of course it does, but it's like, um, this is an opportunity, I would totally state, it's not something that you, that you can have as a goal, as a life goal, because maybe it wouldn't work. Um, But for me, the, so this was a great opportunity where I'm like, well, I can have a lasting impact. But I think in general, yeah, maybe to, to reiterate on that, maybe many privacy-focused people are involved in some privacy-related project in some way. So maybe that is the last step or one of the last ones where you're like, get involved actively and being like, either raise awareness Because that's an important part of, of privacy as well. Or maybe if you're a coder, be active in an open source project. Or maybe if you're just like hanging around in privacy. I feel when we talk about the process of privacy journeys, it being an advocate is, is one thing. It is surely a, like being aware of the problem is one. Taking action for yourself is another step. Yeah. And then also making others aware and teaching them how to take steps. Mm -hmm. and being a privacy advocate that is that is big mm -hmm. and of course your journey can end there but it doesn't have to and especially if you work as a programmer at companies that don't respect privacy mm -hmm. like does that or is that really authentic mm -hmm. i think you you will the more you uh, get into the, this issue the more you will question uh, practices of your company and whether this is the right place for you. Mm -hmm. So it is one of the reasons I left my job. 
Mm. So there is this whole interview with the hated one on YouTube. I can grab a link to that. But I, I talk about what data we collected and yeah, why I left the company. <laughs> because that was the only reason. The team was great. It was it was really fun. But so I do believe it you people have a responsibility where they work. Mm-hmm. If I agree. It's totally off topic, then that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. But like being a privacy advocate and working for Facebook just isn't. Yeah. Yeah, you can pull yourself yeah. for quite some time and being like, I'm changing it from the inside out. You just wait. Maybe yeah. we'll be privacy respecting in five months. Well, <laughs> not even five decades from today's point of view. I would even say. Saki is changing it from the inside. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, it's it's the shareholders who have the power and the influence. So it is impossible to change a company where the uh, owners don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. They want to cash out. They want to make money. And data is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Digital mining, yeah, data mining. See, we're data mining and getting yeah, the most I, out of the gold nuggets we find in each customer. Get the, those diamonds out. <laughs> the great hack, the documentary from Netflix, mm-hmm. stated that data ha- has become the biggest uh, commodity ca- from a financial perspective. So they have they have more um, revenue than the oil industry. Mm-hmm. So it has become the most important uh, commodity in the whole world, mm-hmm. and that is that is huge actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and then it raises the question: Why is this? But as I said, the follow-up question has to be: What impact does it have? Or like, if so, people can relate. So, if you're listening, try to answer that question for yourself, and maybe try to tell your loved ones around you and being like, "That's the reason why privacy matters. That's the reason why you should um, think about the data that's being collected." Not the other way around. Knowing that data is being collected doesn't change any behavior. That didn't change any behavior for me. But it like this this realization, it has an everyday impact on my life. It changes who I am as a person. Um, just as gatekeeping and filtering of information that I get. Yeah. This is huge. And it's like, that's how you, yeah, steer like... Um, people into directions of thinking, thought processes and stuff like that and it's like we should be aware as a society of what this does to us it is hard to get people to that point because it is something that happens at the core and realizing that it impacts you as a being and your future self but it is worth it and it is it is urgent in that mm-hmm. sense because our society as it is currently moving towards yeah surveillance it's it's not that fun mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah so there are a couple of steps missing it doesn't matter yeah it, it's I, I think we can move on to the next next topic because if we talk about your current privacy setup um, we will understand which steps you took and it isn't that important at which point you made them. Mm. Like, but I, I feel we grasp the whole journey of you like mm-hmm. 
from the moment you realize it's, it has an impact mm -hmm. and then slowly changing stuff. Mm -hmm. So you said you, like let's start with, the, with, with one of the cores, DNS settings. Oh. <laughs> Which DNS servers do you use? I, I'm a Cloudflare user most of the time. Just because I know their DNS server, uh, like from the top of my head, it's like one, 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 one. Was that four? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. It's just like, well, let's need DNS server and they're privacy respecting ish, I think. So it's like. Definitely better than Google. You see? Yeah, and, so. their, and their service is always up and running as well. So if I, I like. If I would go my preferred way, that's the honest answer. My preferred way would be maybe like OpenDNS or something like that. But it's like, in reality, I don't know their IP address. Yeah, so. but it's, it's an important step many people forget. Yeah, like changing your true. browser, changing your search engine, and then you still have the Google DNS servers. It's like, yeah, they still know where, where what you're, you're looking at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They see uh, your footprints all over the internet. I don't know if you've heard of Quad9. So it's 9.9.9.9. No. And they are a privacy alternative as well. I have really? them as my first, as my primary, and then the fallback to Cloudflare. Because okay. they aren't as big and as stable as Cloudflare, but they are like stable at 99% of the time. So it's mm, just... You, a, you mean like 99.99%? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Quad9, yeah, maybe. <laughs> No, I understand. But they aren't just as big as Cloudflare, so mm -hmm. they don't have the same resources. Mm -hmm. Okay, nice. And your mail. You said Gmail you kicked pretty late, but what do you use nowadays? So I switched to Soho in between. I, I bought a custom domain pretty early on because I'm like, okay, I want to be in control of my email address and I want to be able to switch around. So I think going just with an email service is too little because then you're like you're still like you have to stay there and or when you change service you will have to change the email address in in at every like service that you use so that's partly why i bought a domain they're pretty cheap like i bought a com domain that's 20 20 bucks per year so yeah. not that expensive and then i <laughs> first start with Soho, but they're a free service as well, so I I don't trust them that much. And now I'm at mailbox.org. So mailbox.org is my primary email provider. And I'm like, well, maybe I switch to ProtonMail in the future, but for now, mailbox is fine. And since I own my own domains, I can switch in an instant to ProtonMail and be like, well, now I'm at ProtonMail, and I think maybe owning your own domain is more important than, I mean, you mean it's, it's one part of the equation of, of like being at the right email provider. So what you're saying is you're centralizing or you're defining an own domain. So all the email addresses that you uh, give to websites is always with your own domain yeah, and then for in the, the background for the imported ones yeah and in the background you can then say hey now i'm at mailbox but next week you could just switch to proton mail 
Exactly. And the mailbox wouldn't receive any emails anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, that is that is an interesting way to set it up. And I went there first. So I bought my domain first and then switched to a more privacy-respecting um, provider because I'm like, I can afford the, or at this point in my life, I could afford that $20 per year, but paying like each month for an email provider was still something where I'm like, whoa, does that, do I really need that? Do I feel the immediate benefit of paying two euros, five euros per month? Is this actually worth it? And mm -hmm. then I like, okay, I start with a free provider like Soho, but I'm control. I'm in control of my my domain, and then I can switch later on when I can when I have the money to pay this monthly. So yeah, I that's switched. smart. Yeah, especially because, like I said before, it's it's not uh, it's it's an additional step to take paying for services. Yeah, it is especially when you're used to not paying for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So calendar and contacts, is that... All in mailbox. All in mailbox. That's so that partly the reason why I'm at mailbox, because I think ProtonMail doesn't like support vCard and... Call, no, CardDAF and CallDAF. That so is for the calendar. That's for calendars and contacts and reminders and notes, I think. All of that stuff. Yeah, I think ProtonMail supports contacts somewhat, mm -hmm. but they don't support the calendar. Mm -hmm. But I understand that decision. So, search engine. Uh, usually, so I tried, I just switched back to DuckDuckGo, but I was trying to use um, Quant for quite some time and Circs. So those were two different search engines. I both used them for months. So like Cirx, I think for almost half a year. That's the word. So do you know Cirx? It's combining different search engines. Okay, they combine it. And yeah, what is Quant then? Quant is a European search engine. But do they use Google in the background? No, I don't think so. So that's partly the reason why I'm like, oh, I want to like support something locally yeah and something new i guess <laughs> and make like get this competitor up and growing but it's like it's so uh, i i have to admit sometimes when i don't find what i want i still use google and i still always get it instantly like if you like DuckDuckGo is fine for everyday use but if you truly are clueless and just sort of know what you're looking for, DuckDuckGo doesn't give you any actual answers, or at least for me, it doesn't. Quant is even worse. Quant is good for, as I already said, like if you want to go on a website, if you don't know what the URL for Hacker News is, because it's not hackernews.com, you just hit Hacker News, enter, and then the first link news.yc.com I think it is not sure see I don't, I don't have to remember so I'm not remembering it so it's just but like Quant does that as well that is that, that is, is that what, is what they are capable of exactly <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole thing it's like well but if you try to look for like if you have a problem and you want to find a solution then you will probably switch to tech that go 
And if DuckDuckGo can't help you, then I still sometimes go back to Google. Yeah. And sometimes just for the first couple of search results, then I know what I'm actually searching for. Yeah. Maybe an interesting, I mean, it's a little bit of an off tangent. Yeah. But be with, be, like, <laughs> bear with me. Bear with me, David. <laughs> you, it's not long. So um, at my home, I was looking for some um, shading, like for the windows and having something that would help me um block the light that incoming light and i was looking for the things that you can pull up from the bottom of the window and i had no clue what this is called so i duck duck goaded it or quanted it i think this was in my quant maybe it was even in the circus time i have no clue but i used not duck duck go not google to begin with and i did find nothing at all i had no clue what it is so and they didn't give me any they were always pushing onto me the the typical things that i already know like those were low things and those um yeah those typical things that go from the top to the bottom and that's not what i wanted i wanted from the bottom to the top and then i i googled it and the first hit was please and i'm like well that that that's a name for something and i clicked on the link and it's like well that's it what i'm looking for and then i could go back to circs or to deck deck go or quant or whatever and look for please so i had the word for the thing i was looking for and i could go back to the search engine i'm more comfortable with and looking for the things there but like getting to understand getting like the information that you need like the name of the thing you're searching for this is sometimes hard on deck go this yeah, is sometimes and it's even harder on their competitors' websites. Of course, yeah. Google has the infographic. They have a monopoly yeah. like, on, on a lot of data. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, I, I do understand what you mean. It's it's it has become less frequent, but when I started with when ducking, um <laughs> that's a term I like to use nowadays. <laughs> okay. Um I switch to Google every now and then, like it happens three or four times a week. And nowadays it's just like once or twice a month. Yeah, for me the same. They, you're, yeah. I agree. They, they have gotten better. Yeah, and as I think you also get to know how to search better. Like with Google, you're so used to just not using your brain and just dumping whatever. And like you can say, what did I eat yesterday? And Google probably knows it. <laughs> you don't even have to remember it was like spaghetti or whatever. They, because, so, yeah, when, when using DuckDuckGo, you have to remember things more. You have to be more specific. You have to be mm -hmm. more concise. Yeah, it's, you have to know more in advance. Yeah, exactly. You cannot be clueless of what you want. You, you have yeah. to know that the thing is called a plissé. If yeah. you don't know it, then you don't get it. It's less, that simple. That's the reason why I wanted to tell this story. Because it's like, and this maybe is an advice for you. If you're out there and you're like, oh, I want to truly want to use uh, um, more privacy respecting search engine, but I don't get the things that I want. Maybe keep your default at DuckDuckGo, for instance. And if you feel that you need the right vocabulary, just hit G exclamation and the whole search term as well and then uh, again and then it's putting you into the google search engine like duck, duck, go right for like forward to google to google and then you're like 
you look at the first couple of, of hits there and don't click on the links, just, just look at them and then you will find the <laughs> solutions and probably, and then go back to yeah, DuckDuckGo and look for it. I it's think they, they know what you mean. It's like, yeah, it's a fallback. It's a fallback. It's a fallback for getting used to ducking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See? Okay. Ducking I do when somebody's shooting on me. Then I duck. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, so web browser. I currently, well, see, okay. You, 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 like, I don't think we have to um, go into, go the into the, yeah. a, lot, a lot of detail. I just want to, we have to wrap it up soon. Okay. But just what, what browser do you use? Firefox. Firefox. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, what messenger? Well, wire most of the time. Wire? Yeah. Okay. And what, what do you use not most of the time? iMessage. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's a journey. We don't have to be perfect. iMessage is end-to-end encrypted. It's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's not open source, so we have, take, we have to take the word of Apple. Exactly. That's the reason why I'm promoting Wire. It's free. It's great. It it's works. open source. They have a business model. They do. Yeah, they do. Not, yeah, yeah, but I'm not sure about that, how, how it's working for them. <laughs> It would be interesting to ask them how how their business is doing. Yeah, we could. If we could, we could look up if they're hiring or not. Depending on that, I guess that is that may hint us towards. Oh, you're right. Probably. Mm-hmm. And one of the toughest ones, um, music. How do you listen oh. to music? Well, see, funny thing, I put up a poll on Privacy Tools IO, like their Discord discourse. And asked, well, are you buying music or are you streaming music? And uh, the majority is still streaming music. So you're right, probably. This is one of the hardest things to quit. I'm currently an Apple Music subscriber. Um, just because I'm already in the Apple ecosystem. And they already have, like, I already have to trust Apple. So I don't want to give that information to anyone else. Also, Spotify is in bed with Facebook. So I'm like... Spotify is for yeah, me not an I'm, option. I'm using Spotify and it's uh, mm. it's it's nice and convenient, but I'm I'm listening to so much music. So if I would have to buy this, and I don't want to pirate it anymore, it's just yeah. I used to pirate it like a few years ago, <laughs> and I don't. I really don't feel bad for the music industry because they have enough money anyway, but. Yeah, Spotify collects so much. It's I will have to think about the journey mm-hmm. or the next steps there. Maybe this is a thing we keep on like talking on the podcast as well. But I'm Definitely, currently yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm currently looking into maybe uh, yeah going back to buying music, but in like as a, in a CD format or something, and like loading uploading it to my own next cloud or something like that. And I'm still looking for an app that can pull the music from the next cloud and like stream it from my own cloud. But this would be this would be my preferred solution. And this is something where I'm like actually in my free time. So not a lot, Uh, (laughs) but looking into and being like, well, this is a thing if I have more time and could invest more. Definitely more 
research into it this would be the way i would want to go and it's it, it would be something where i would want to write a guide for so that people can reproduce it and it's like, it's definitely something we'll pick up again it's yeah. i feel it's important also to see how we develop and that we are not there yet we're not perfect yeah you're and right <laughs> we we learn much every year like so and and hopefully you people will then see what's happened for those who are listening mm-hmm. um, so what are your next steps you want to get and where do you get inspiration from okay next steps maybe the next steps I actually want to go to is switching to Linux from my private computer so okay. I'm currently like on on a Windows PC at home so I want to switch that to Linux. There are still some things that hold me back, not not switching to Linux. Um, what what things are that then? Yeah, I mean, I don't like gaming is one big part of it. Gaming is a big one, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, I haven't figured out how to like go around this. Uh, I don't. As I already said, have that much time anymore anyway. So um, maybe this isn't that big of a deal. But because I don't have so much time, switching to a different operating system and then setting it up again is a whole issue on its own. It's also so time consuming. Yeah. It is. So maybe I take a week off for that. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure about that. There's so much to do. I, I doubt you will. Well, you could, but it's not the perfect timing. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this is one thing. And maybe like you talked about the Librem 5 and I'm like, wow, I want to I want to switch maybe away from from macOS as well and from iOS as well and being like getting out of the Apple ecosystem as well. But this is so far off for me. So switching my home computer away from Windows, I think, is probably one of the faster things I could see in my near future. Yeah. But switching my phone, I mean... It's just like you, you can just... It's it's totally fine just saying, hey, this is an area I want to improve on, mm-hmm. even though you don't have specific plans. Mm-hmm. And like maybe in half a year or in a year, we'll pick it up again and then we'll... See we'll where it see. Went. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I still <laughs> want to switch my home computer and be like, oh no, Rafi, what have you done for the last couple of months? <laughs> well, yeah, it's, I mean, hopefully we as a company have progressed much more so yeah. we can use our own product. Yeah. And that would be major. Yeah. You're talking and about the application firewall in particular. Or Gate 17 even. It's, it Ooh. doesn't, yeah, it's like both would be nice to have. And That's true. If, we are investing a lot of our time into the company, so there isn't a lot of time for our pr- private life. That is true. So it's natural. We'll pick it up when it comes around again. Mm. And I think I'd like to wrap it up. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. And Was it a good time? <laughs> do you have a tip for for the week, like for the listener? A tip? Yeah, like something they might not know. Maybe they do. Privacy enthusiasts oh, normally man. know a lot. But this is out of the blue. I know, it's totally out of the blue. Like, <laughs> what would you recommend a good friend of yours huh. just as a nice privacy precaution? I think try, if you haven't tried DuckDuckGo in a while, and if you're like me, 
trying to like are frustrated with sometimes not finding stuff i think the whole thing about like going just looking at the top links and maybe just getting the keywords that you then can use in DuckDuckGo. Um, I think that's a good habit of getting into um, just to fade out of using Google and get into using DuckDuckGo. doesn't cost you anything. Um, and DuckDuckGo has a cool dark theme. Uh, <laughs> maybe switch to that as well. So first tip, switch to DuckDuckGo. Second tip, turn on dark mode. <laughs> those are my my tidbits for like. nice one okay thanks for um, <laughs> joining again and thank you for listening you guys are always welcome to join the subreddit it's r slash safing and give us input ask questions whatever comes to your mind so yeah thank you for listening have a good one bye cheers <laughs>